Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! Richard Diamond, Private Detective. about. Why aren't you at the office? Now, don't confuse me, dear. One question at a time. Come on in the study and I'll tell you all about it. Oh, now stop being so mysterious. You never come over here at this time of the day. Read some of these. What are they? Letters. Read them. All of them? Well, there must be at least a half a hundred. Well, close. Fifty-three. And those are only about one-tenth of the pile that's in my office. Oh, Rick, are these... Yeah. The lovely, dear, sweet tenants in that gorgeous building right next to this one. They like your singing. Uh, read a couple. Me, me, me. Ho, ho, ho. Dear Mr. Diamond. La, 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 la. Rick. Go on, go on, go on. Well, stop sounding like a whole quartet. All right. Dear Mr. Diamond... I live in the building across the way from Miss Asher's apartment. Right over there. At least once a week, I sit in my living room and listen to the sounds of your melodious voice. (laughs) Last week, however, I waited for seven straight days, but without result. You did not sing. Please, (laughs) Mr. Diamond, for the sake of my family... Continue to sing at least once a week. Hmm. I'm beginning to nag my husband, and yesterday I took the rubber bone away from my French poodle. Everybody shall be exalted. <laughs> you see, it's getting to be a real problem with me, and if you want to save me the $25 a day, I would have to pay my psychiatrist sing. Lavo. Yours expectantly, Mrs. Louise Cartwright. Rick, are they all like this? Well, certainly not. Some of them are really desperate. Now, here's the one I saved out. Read this one if you really want to get a charge. Oh, 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 oh. me, 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 me. My me, dearest me. Mr. Diamond. Me, me. Go on, well, go on, go on, go on, go on. I have been listening to your beautiful singing. What? What do you mean, what? Oh, uh, what you just read. I've been listening. No, 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 the last part. Your beautiful singing? Yes, I'm in a chanted evening. Oh, you show off. Go on, finish it now, finish it. Well, she's been listening to your beautiful singing. Oh, yes. Um, and many times I've seen you going into Miss Asher's apartment, and I think you are as beautiful as your voice. Oh. What? Now, you said that. Turn off the steam and read the last part. I wouldn't miss it. 
Last week, I waited and waited, but you didn't sing. Everybody shall be exalted. <laughs> I know you were in Miss Asher's apartment, and you certainly had the chance. If Miss Asher is the one that, wo that won't let you sing, come over to my apartment. Mm. I have a piano, and I just love it. 977 Park, apartment 303. Hmm. Signed, your most ardent fan... Ellen. Uh, Mademoiselle from Armitage Pilot. Rick, what are you doing? Open your window. Don't you think it's a little stuffy in here? The air conditioning's on. Rick, now stay away from that piano. Oh, I knew it, I knew it. Ellen's right. You really don't want me to sing. At 11 o'clock in the morning? No. I want you to sing tonight when it's more romantic. Oh, shame on you. Me? Yes, you. You want to deprive those poor, discouraged people of a little honest, simple pleasure? You want that woman to take her dog's bone away again? <laughs> you idiot. Oh, no telling what'll happen. Those people might not leave their apartments for days. It'll get to be like a prison camp. Think of it. No food. They won't leave the building even to go out and get an orange or a lime or something. And you know what? What? Scurvy. Oh. <laughs> They'll be dying like flies. Well, go on. What's the matter? Dying like flies. <laughs> I wonder who thought up that bright little simile. I've got a big green fly in my office. It's so tough he carries a man swatter. Oh! Oh, you think it's funny, do you? <laughs> think what'll happen if those poor people stay in that building, withering up with scurvy, you fiend. I... I know it. Yes. It's just that... Well, I don't want to share your tonsils with anyone. I'm selfish. Me, me, me. You're more than that. You're antisocial. All right. All right. You mean? Yes. Sing. Stop, fellow. A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little honey bun. Rick. Yes? Did you hear something? Oh, I think so. Try it again. <clears throat> All right. A hundred and one pounds of fun. Rick. Hmm, yes. I heard it. That's that grouch. Rick. Yes. There's an enemy in the camp. Well, what do we do? We can't just let those people die over there. Sink him. You mean? Yes. Sing. It's your duty. You're right. It's no longer a matter of personal pride. I must defeat the grouch at all costs. For those thousand starving tenants. Thousand? Big rooms. <clears throat> Stand back. Good luck. Thank you. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. He's weakening. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. Sunshine. He's nearly done. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. You are my sunshine. There he goes. You are my sunshine. Rick. Victory. Decidedly. Bull Run was never like this. All right. Now sing Honey Bun and save those poor people. A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little honey bun. Honey bun. Bun. Rick. Good grief. Bun. <laughs> Rick, what happened? I don't know. I can talk all right, but the minute I go up, something happens. I hope you didn't hurt it. La, 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 la. Oh, Rick. Oh, now, isn't that ridiculous? I can't help laughing, but it isn't really funny. Come on, let's go get you some warm milk or something. Mm, me, me. done, I'm off, <laughs> oh. Now, stop that. Give it a rest. Oh, if that grouch only knew, I may never bother him again. Well, he's the only one that doesn't like it. Poor guy. Poor guy? Now, that's a silly thing to say. Well, honey, he doesn't like it. Let's face it. He'll probably get so desperate he'll have to move. Okay, let him. I wonder what he's doing right now. I'll bet he's planning something fiendish. You think he's going to start shooting burning arrows? I wouldn't put it past him. Now, let's take care of that throat. Well, sometimes silly things like that happen. I come on like a big baritone and lose my voice. Helen has to feed me hot lemon juice and honey for about three hours. And the grouch across the way in the next apartment starts thinking up the ten best ways to eliminate Diamond. Think I'm kidding? Well, let me tell you. I didn't know it then, but that fast course of You Are My Sunshine with my own lyrics started more trouble than a hopped-up mouse and a herd of elephants. 
While Helen fed me the tonsil cure, old Grouchhead was dreaming up a cure of his own. Oh, what am I going to do? I work in the daytime, try to sleep at night. He sings at night. I switch to the night shift. He sings in the daytime. Oh, I'll fix him. I'll fix that diamond. Yeah, phone book. Phone book. Uh, detectives. Private detail. Ah, uh, look at that. Richard Diamond, private detective. Full page ad. Wouldn't you know it? Yeah, look at that slogan. Whoever you are, whatever you do, if you're too dead to walk, we'll come to you. Ugh. Must be other detectives in here. Ah, oh, here's one. Pat Kosak. Uh, you are my sunshine, eh? Oh, Diamond, I'll fix you. I'll fix you good. Yeah. Is this Pat Kosak? Yeah, for employment. Uh, haven't I heard of you before? I doubt it. Probably that Shamus in Frisco. He's always stealing my stuff. Uh, uh, well, my name is Ernest Lumpkin. Happy Halloween, Mr. Pumpkin. No, no, no. Lumpkin. Lump. Okay, okay. What can I do for you? Well, I've got a problem. It concerns another person in your line of work. You mean another Shamus? Yes. He uh, sings. You mean Diamond. Oh, is he a friend of yours? A competitor isn't a friend. Uh. Diamond gets more clients than anyone in the business, so he isn't even a competitor. He's a capitalist. <laughs> he can advertise. People go to him instead of me. I hate him. Oh, uh, Mr. Koslack, hey, you're not alone. The name's Kosak, Mr. Dumpkin. Uh, Lumpkin. Lumpkin Dumpkin. You want to hire me? But uh, you don't even know what I want you to do. Can you pay me 50 bucks a day? If you can do the job in one day. For 50 bucks, I'll steal a Chrysler building and bring it over to you on a motor scooter. What's your address? 977 Park Avenue. And hurry! <laughs> your throat feel now? Oh, scalded. I'll be eating Zymol trochies for a week. Oh, now it wasn't that hot. Wasn't it? Honey, that lime water was so hot, Alibaba could have boiled his 40 thieves in it. Well, your speaking voice is all right. Every... Oh, well, I think I've swallowed a bear rug. Where are you going? Well, I can't sing, and I'm going to see you tonight anyway, so I, I think I'll drop down to the 5th precinct and drive Sergeant Otis out of his mind. Oh, Rick, that poor man. He called up last week when Lieutenant Levinson was looking for you, and he sounded like he was dying, and you were responsible. Honey, when Otis dies, everybody will be running around in spaceships. He got through the Stone Age all right, didn't he? Bye. I left Helen headed for the 5th precinct police station. It was one of those good afternoons. The sun was leaning on three o'clock, and now and then a cool breeze would sail through my sinus and pump my lungs full of that easy, good-to-be-walking-around feeling. I had just about everything. Good job, good girl, and a 4-0 report from my insurance company. When I reached the station, I hopped up the steps and bounced into the squad room. Sergeant Otis was sitting, sitting over in the corner, making out the weekly report for the commissioner. Hello, Otis. Oh. What do you want, Shamus? Well, really nothing. I just came by to see if I could borrow one of your shoes. I'm going sailing. Oh, that's very funny. You know, someday, Gumshoe, you're going to run out of gags. Then what are you going to do? Well, I could set you on fire. That's sure to be a good uh, chuckle. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Lieutenant in? Yeah. Otis, uh, you want to know how to catch a crook? How, wise guy? Eat a lot of spaghetti. Oh, uh? How can I catch a crook that way? Just open that big mouth and say, oh, yeah. You'll lasso him. Hello, Lieutenant Levinson. Lieutenant Levinson? Well, how do you do, Mr. Diamond? Now, what's with the formal routine? Oh, I can't help it. Every time I leave Otis, I feel like I've just stepped out of a gorilla cage. Oh, why don't you leave that poor guy alone, Rick? Oh, he's used to it. If I started treating him like a human being, he'd get so confused, he'd probably cut off his tail. <laughs> Think what would happen, Walt, when he wanted to go to sleep at night. No more hanging upside down. Oh, brother. What's on your mind? Oh, I just thought I'd stop by and chew the fat. Well, go ahead. I already did. Chewed a whole pound right off Otis. Walt, are you sure he's a mammal? Now, you listen to me. Otis is a nice fella for a hammerhead. He can't help it, so stop tearing him down and tell me what you really want. Walt, I'm surprised at you. I just wanted to stop by and say hello. Hello. Where's the body? Now, look, there's no body, just a nice chat, that's all. Okay, but I warn you, I won't stand for any routines. And if you're mixed up in something and I have to find out the hard way, so help me. I'll put you away so far, they'll have to pipe air into you. Walt, you do. 
Do what? Love me. Oh. Would you like to wear my cig alf pin? Rick, for Pete's sake, what's the matter with you? You've been growing poppies in your office? Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, what is it, Otis? Miss Asher on the phone for Diamond. Okay. Phone for you, Rick. Helen. Oh, thanks. Fifth precinct. Remember our motto? A corpse in the morgue is worth two in your basement. Oh, no. <laughs> it's true, Walt. It's true. Oh, I bet Walt just jumped out of the window. No, honey, there's a cast system around here. When Walt feels like jumping out of a window, he throws Otis out first to see if it hurts. Ouch. How are you, baby? Hi. Rick, a Mr. Jones called and said it was very important that he see you at once, said it was a matter of life and death. Jones? First name John? Well, he didn't say. He just gave me an address and asked you to come over immediately. 137 River Street. He called me at your apartment? Uh-huh. Hey, I never thought of that. How'd he get the number? Uh, no telling. Well, I'll go on over. Maybe he'll turn out to be a good client. Call you later, baby. How's your throat? Oh, la donna, I'm open. Goodbye, Rick. Hey, you really sound terrible. Uh, I'll see you later, Walt. Huh? Oh, uh, well, uh, thanks for the brilliant conversation, Sporty. Walt, just because I didn't have a corpse hidden out someplace, you get mad. All right, see if I care. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, no, I understand. Well, you can just get someone else to play jacks with. I'll send you Sam Spade. Uh, now, Rick. Oh. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Why haven't you got that report in here? Uh, I've been eating spaghetti. Spaghetti? Yeah. And that diamond's a liar. I can't lasso nothing. Maybe you have to be a cowboy. Thanks, Gabby. Keep the change. One thirty-seven River Street, the address Helen had given me over the phone, was an old deserted warehouse. Now, I want to stop right here and say I admit it was pretty stupid to wander into an empty warehouse like that. But I figured that this Jones guy must be in some kind of trouble to leave a message like that with Helen. The place was as empty as a fairground in the winter. I put my hand on my thirty-eight and kept moving toward the back of the building. Then I saw a door. A sign on it said, John Jones... Enter. And wouldn't you know it? I did. Hey! What's going on? Where am I? Let me out of here! Come on, Mr. Lumpkin. Let's get out of here. Let me out of here! But, but I don't understand. He's liable to stay in there forever. I don't want him to stop singing like that. Somebody will come along. I promise you that. I just want him to stay in there for half an hour. That's all. And, and, now, wait a minute. I want to know just what this is all about. You want him to lose his voice, don't you? Oh, I love it. Well, when he went through that door, he started losing it. How? Well, what's behind that door? An ice box. Come on, Mr. Grumpkin. Well, that's exactly where I was, in an ice box. Not a very big one, but a very cold one. The kind a company might have to store fresh meat and drinks. I tried breaking down the door, but it was a foot thick. I struck a match and looked around. Lots of ice, no way out. So I turned up my collar and sat on to wait. how long I sat there, but I guessed it to be about 20 minutes. I could tell because my feet had frozen up about 20 minutes worth. Then I heard that lovely sound. Rick. Rick, you in there? Yeah, yeah. Hand me an ice pick. I want to get my, my feet uncrossed. How on the devil did this happen? Well, I think one of the frozen food companies got a new idea. What's the matter, Diamond? Forget <sighs> your sleigh. Shut up, Otis. You think you can walk, Rick? Yeah, sure, but I, I might squeak a little. Ooh. Got a Bunsen burner handy? <laughs> Otis. Oh, okay. How did you find me? We got a call. From a guy named Jones? Yeah. Said he was in danger and that you were coming down to meet him at the warehouse. Said he saw two guys lock you in this icebox. Oh, dandy. Did he say where he was? Yeah. Here's the address. Thanks. Hey, where do you think you're going? Well, I feel better now. I'm going over to find Jones. Well, you might get in trouble. Well, if I can find the two guys who locked me up, you can bet on it. Well, I'm going to send Otis along with you. Otis? I thought you wanted me to keep out of trouble. Oh, now, wait a minute. I can keep you out of trouble, Diamond. Oh, Otis, you couldn't find an elephant in an elevator. Uh, but come on and bring your head with you. This is the address where that Jones guy said he'd meet you. Uh, I Mandelbaum, Swedish massage. Hmm, this guy really picks out some great places to hide out. 
Come on, Otis. Speak first, or the rest of you will never get out of the car. Oh. Hey, hey, Diamond. You think while you're talking with this guy Jones, I might get me a rub down? Otis, to rub that stomach of yours, it would take a gallon of baby oil and an octopus to get anywhere. Hey, it smells kind of good, don't it? Like a pine tree, maybe. Otis, how would you remember? The last time you smelled a pine tree was when you used to run with a pack. Now listen here, Diamond. You gotta lay off. I don't go around... Yeah, what can I do for you? Holy cow. Get the biceps. Oh, I'm looking for a guy named Jones. Oh, yeah? Who wants him? The name's Diamond. Oh. Well, Mr. Jones is expecting you. I think he's back in the steam. Which way is it? Uh, straight back. I'd show you this, but I gotta give a guy a rub. Come on, Otis. You must be at the end of the hall. That's a pretty bright observation. Seeing as how there's only one door and it's at the end of the hall. Yeah, yeah, that's the steam room. How do you know? Oh, by this little window in the door. What do you see? Steam. Then by golly, it must be the steam room. Hey, I can't see nothing. Uh, Mr. Jones? Hey, ain't that some guy lying over there on the bench? Yeah, it looks like it. Mr. Jones? Hmm. He don't answer. No. Oh, just look, I'm going over there. Keep the door open. I don't want anyone to lock me in this place. Oh, okay. Mr. Jones, I... Well, hey, Otis. It's just a bunch of towels rolled up to look like somebody. Yeah? Hey! Hey! Otis, what's the matter? Uh, diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you? Right over here. Well, what are you doing there? I told you to stay by the door and keep it open. Well, I did stay by the door until I got pushed. Pushed? Oh, no. You know something? What? I think we're locked in. Oh, 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 oh. oh, shut up, Otis. Ah, oh, but I don't feel so good. What are we gonna do? Oh, why don't you be happy? It's the only chance you'll ever get to sort off some of that blubber. Yeah, you one I should look like one of them atrocity pictures? Otis, you could lose 300 pounds and still weigh in with King Kong. Yeah, there's no time to get nasty. Well, relax. Read a magazine or something. What do you mean? Just what I said. Read a magazine. Isn't that one right over there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, for Pete's sake. How can I read this thing, Shamus? The pages is all stuck together. You couldn't read the first line of an eye chart anyway. Just look at the pictures and shut up. Okay. Hey! What's the matter? This magazine. Take a look at this. What is it? It's one of them movie magazines, uh, uh, Movie Stars Parade. So what? Well, get a load of these pictures. Ain't that you? Let me see. Well, how about that? Some guy acting like Richard Diamond, private detective. Well, it looks like you. Ah, uh, no, it's that Powell guy, that actor. Tear it up. Oh, no, no, it's a good magazine. Give me that. Oh, hey, what'd you do that for? If it hadn't been for that juvenile, I could have been in pictures myself. Now try kicking in that little window again. Ah, uh, it's no use. That glass must be bulletproof. Oh, swell. First an icebox and now a steam bath. I'm going to start thinking I'm in California. Well, don't just sit there sweating. Do something. My uniform's shrinking. Well, maybe now it'll match your head. I just can't figure this. If someone wants to, well, someone wants to get rid of me, why did they do it the old-fashioned way? Oh, don't say that. Oh, how long do you think we've been in here? I don't know. Hey, Diamond. Yeah? My socks just disappeared. Well, go kick on the door again. It's your turn. I don't think I can make it. We've been in here for days. Hey, Look at your watch. It's all steamed up. I can't tell. You think there'll be anything left? Just your shoes, Otis. It'll take a blast furnace to get rid of those. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What's the matter? I thought I heard somebody outside. Yeah? Hey, hey help! Help! Shut up. Yeah. Hey! Hey, what's going on in here? Who closed the bowl on the door? We're saved? Uh, would you mind helping us out, old man? We seem to be a little limp. Hey, where's Mr. Jones? Hey, what are you doing in here with your clothes on? Trying to get them steam cleaned. <laughs> oh, fresh air. Now, would you two guys mind telling me what this is all about? Maybe you better tell us, Buster. I don't know what you mean. Who locked the door on us? How do I know? I give a guy a rub. When I come back, I find the door bolted. Hey, where's Mr. Jones? You sure he was in the steam room? Sure. He comes in and says he wants a steam. 
You should show up. I should send you back. I told him I was going to give a rub to stay in long as he liked. Did he ask you how long the rub would be? Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, he did. Uh, I said it'd be about half hour. I don't get it. I don't get it. He wanted me in that steam room for just a half an hour. He wanted me in that icebox for about the same time. What's with this? Diamond. Look at this uniform. Oh, I think it's lovely, Otis. You should always wear knickers. This is stupid. Didn't the guy at the steam room tell you what this Jones guy looked like? Well, from the description, could have been anyone. Look, I'm just as mixed up as you are. Well, we'll keep after it. Just don't worry, that's all. Hey, Diamond. Miss Asher just called and I told her what's been happening. You mean you know? No, but I told her anyway. She said you should come right over because she had dinner for you. And she wanted to take care of you. <laughs> Isn't he lovely, Walt? Think what that head is going to look like in a bottle. Oh, now you got him sore. It's going to be horrible around here. Well, isn't it always? Now well, I'm going on over to Helen's. Keep after that Jones guy and let me know if you run across anything. How are you, Mr. Klumpkin? Lumpkin. Okay, how are you? Hey, come in, come in. Well, uh, what happened at the steam bath? Diamond and a friend boil for a while. You think it did the trick? Look, when Pat, uh... Yeah, Cossack. Yeah, Cossack. Well, when I do anything, the results are guaranteed. I just tailed Diamond from the station. He went into his girlfriend's apartment across the way. Oh, goody. <laughs> Let's see what happens tonight. I'm staying home from work just to hear him not sing. Yeah. About my 50 bucks. Oh, look, he's never in that apartment more than 10 minutes before he starts singing. If he goes over 15, you get your 50. Come on. What are we going to do? Raise the window. I don't want to miss the lovely silence when he opens that big bazoo. <laughs> okay, sorry, it looks funny. I'm sorry, Rick, but your clothes have shrunk so much. You should see Otis. I'm sorry. Well, you should be. You don't know what I've been through. Oh, yes, I do, and Mommy's going to make it better. Here's a nice drink. No, I don't want a nice drink. Oh, it's strong enough. We'll put it in a dirty glass. You just drink it. Okay. Uh, oh, wow, my throat. Ha! You hear something? No, why? Nothing. Your throat's still pretty bad. Don't know. Me, 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 me. Oh, hey, it's pretty good. That sounds great. Oh, no! Now, I heard something then. Yeah, so did I. It's a grouch again. Give it to him. Oh, you bet. I feel mean. A hundred and one pounds of fun. That's my little honey bun. Get a load of honey bun tonight. I'm speaking of my sweetie pie. Only 60 inches high. Every inch is packed with dynamite. Her hair is blonde and curly. Her curls are hurly-burly. Her lips are pips. I call her hips. Twirly and whirly. She's my baby. I'm her pap. I'm her booby. She's my trap. I am caught and I don't want to run because I'm having so much fun with honey Okay, but don't hit me again. You can keep the 50 bucks. And he wouldn't sing again, huh? Said you fixed it. Well, I'll fix you. No, not that. Put down that chair. Oh, Go on, get out of here. That vulture is singing better than ever. Okay, okay, only don't hit me again. Hello. Yes, Rick? You know that ice box and that steam bath were the best things in the world for my throat? Yes. After you lost your voice this morning, I didn't think anything was going to help. But that ice box and that steam bath really did. Diamond! Oh, hello, Mr. Lumpkin. Did I hear you say you lost your voice this morning? That's right, Mr. Lumpkin. Then didn't think I was going to get it back either. Good night, Mr. Diamond!
You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Jack Crucian, and Stephen Dunn. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written and directed by Blake Edwards. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at this same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Saturday night brings some of the week's best radio entertainment when you tune for the stars on NBC. Stay tuned every Saturday for a great lineup of programs, including Hollywood Star Theater, Ralph Edwards' Truth or Consequences, Your Hit Parade, A Day in the Life of Dennis Day, The Judy Canova Show, and Grand Ole Opry. All the best on NBC. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Diamond Detective Agency, a corpse to fit every pocketbook. Rick? Oh, hello, Helen, baby. Uh, let me sit down. Oh. Rick, what's the matter? <sighs> you sounded like your arches just broke. You got the right idea, baby. Oh, but your geography is cockeyed. Are you really hurt, Rick? Oh, believe it or not, I was trampled by a herd of horses. Oh, Rick, you idiot. Now, tell me what did happen. Okay, one horse. He ruined me for life. You went horseback riding? Oh, I don't believe it. Yeah, I want to see my bull eggs. You actually did. Uh-oh. Took a girl to get you to ride a horse. But it was some slinky blonde. No, baby, it was a Palomino. And look, let's get off horses. I- I've had enough to last me. What's with the early call? Early? Rick, did you just get in? It's after 11. I was dreaming of you, baby. You wouldn't have wanted me to stop just to get into the office. It's probably a whole harem. Uh, Helen, you got to stop that peeking. You read the morning papers? They come out in the morning. Now, you stopped that. Did you read them? Well, didn't have a bet down. Why? You on the society page again? Oh, much more exciting than that. The police commissioner's house was robbed of $50,000 worth of diamonds last night, and his gardener was murdered. What? I thought that would fetch you. Gotta get a paper. The commissioner's statement's written in blood. Yeah. And if things don't wind up fast, tomorrow's statement will be in Walt Levinson's blood. It'll be his case. Now, you stay out of it, Rick. This thief cuts throats. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm scared. Are you, Rick? Well, I'll come over tonight and I'll frighten you at close range. Say eight. I'll practice my knee knocking so I'll be in good form. And stay in. No nightclubs. At the sound of the castanets, Francis can open the door. It'll be me and my knees. See you tonight, baby. Bye. Is this the Diamond Detective Agency? Just like it says on the door. Come in and close it gently. My Japanese beetle's still asleep. Asleep? He's got a better union. Sit down, Mr... Uh, Burton, Phineas Burton. Uh, what can I do for you, Mr. Burton? Well, I want to hire you if it's agreeable. Well, for a hundred a day in expenses, I'm pretty agreeable. Well, that's fine. I have a package I want you to deliver to a party in Philadelphia. Mm, you can get a messenger for five bucks, or if you're hard up, a carrier pigeon for a handful of popcorn. Why a detective? Well, I'm perfectly capable of judging for myself what I need, Mr. Diamond. Now, here's $300. There will be 200 more for you after you make safe delivery of the package. Why? Why? Three-letter word meaning why you want to pay me for five days when the trip to Philly and back can be done in a few hours. Well, Mr. Diamond, I simply want you to drop everything else and take this job immediately. And that is my reason for the added payment. Oh, all right, I'll take your money. Just as soon as you tell me what's in the package, who it goes to, and why it's so important that I take it personally. Uh, well, I, I can't tell you that. Okay, it's your problem. Now, where did I leave my soap chips? Do you have to know? Of course. How can I do any washing without soap? I mean about this package. Oh, no, no. I can recommend another agency who will do it for 25 bucks and no questions. Oh, very well. Uh, Mr. Elliott will meet you at the Philadelphia Station Information Desk at 2 o'clock today. I will wire him your description and he will make the contact. 
As for the package, it contains some very valuable papers, which Mr. Elliot is afraid his wife will try to intercept. I see. Uh, he commissioned me to find the best man I could to bring the package to him. Oh, you must have read my ad. You'll have to leave immediately. Mr. Elliot is very anxious to get the package. Uh, you call me at the Astor when you return, and I'll send over the rest of the money. A uh, Good day. It may be at that. What? Forget it. Burton left the package on my desk with the money. He was a thin guy, had a funny pot that made him look as if he'd swallowed a basketball. He pushed it out the door and waddled after it. When a guy insists on throwing money in my lap, I get suspicious. And when I remembered the robbery of the night before, I got that lousy feeling again. Now, paragraph 4, section B, rule A of the detective's code of ethics says, quote... Upon receiving money to deliver package, detective must never open same. It is unethical. Yeah, who's ethical? Well, surprise. No wonder basketball had been nervous. At the bottom of the box were five pretty little diamonds. About ten grand worth of a guess. Of course, it may have been that Burton thought diamonds should belong to diamond, but my bet was on a frame-up. A frame that cost the real heisters ten grand out of fifty. But was aimed to get him a nice picture to fit the frame. Me. Yeah? Is this Mr. Diamond? Oh, hello, Burton. Something on your mind? Oh, I happened to be in a store across the street and I noticed you hadn't left yet. Uh, you will leave right away, won't you? Just as soon as I arrange things, Phineas. Well, remember, it takes an hour and a half to get to Philadelphia. I don't want you to be late. I'll bet you don't. Just to make sure, uh, you understand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I understand. You can dribble your basketball home now. I beg your pardon, Skipper. Bye. Burton's call ended nearly all doubts. I was being framed all right. And the trap required my leaving for Penn Station right away. I dropped the diamonds into what was left of a quart of milk I had for lunch the day before. Put the bottle on the floor by the wastebasket. Then I took the package, rewrapped it, and went out to hail a cab. I made one stop at a toy shop, then headed for Penn Station. As I entered, I saw a pair of familiar figures. Rick. Okay, what's the gag? I got the tip, but even you wouldn't joke about this case. Now, Walt, I might joke about mass murder, but never about the commissioner being robbed. Is he making speeches yet? Yeah, that's okay, Shamus. This is one time when you're one diamond too many. Why, Otis, you're becoming a wit. Eh, uh, why not? You're halfway there. Oh, Lieutenant, he's picking on me again. You deserve it, Otis. Now, shut up. Rick, I know the tip was phony, but the commissioner was there when it came in. I had to act on it. Tip? Well, don't be smug. I've got one, too. Fifth at Hialeah. Now, don't start that. It was a tip that you were taking the commissioner's diamonds out of town. Oh, now, Walt. And don't, oh, now, Walt me. I said I knew the tip was phony. But with the commissioner taking scouts all down the line, I no, didn't want No, 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 no. Don't apologize, Walt. I know. Come on, Sergeant. Show me a good frisk, and I'll recommend you to all my criminal friends. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's clean, Lieutenant. Now, Rick, let's see that package, and then you can go. This? Oh, no, no. I can't. It's secret. Don't play games, Rick. Please. Oh, all right. But it's going to spoil my surprise. Well, Okay. Give me a word. It's got nothing to do with this case, and I won't bother to open it. No, no, no. I'm hurt. I absolutely insist that you open the package right now. But, Rick, you know I trust Lieutenant you. Lieutenant Levinson, do your duty. My purity must not be suspicioned. Oh, anything to get this over with. You were, uh, hmm. What? It's only a pair of dolls. You were expecting maybe my gallstones? Oh, dolls. <laughs> the Shamus place with dolls. <laughs> Better read the tag, Gordis. Before your ears get any longer, they draft you for a mule team. Tags? Sure. But what the... To my beloved Otis from his Ricky... Oh. Rick. Now, don't be a grouch, Walt. The other one's for you. For me? Oh, no. I'm sorry, Walt. I couldn't resist it. Anyhow, you spoiled my surprise to Otis. It was our anniversary. What? Our anniversary? We ain't even related. Oh, you don't remember? Oh, Otis. Lieutenant, can't I go back to traffic? I can't stand much more. Oh, shut up, Otis. Rick, if we weren't such good friends, I'd... I'd... Walt, hey, now you're upset. Upset? Why should I be upset? Just because two hoods lift 50 grand in ice from the commissioner? Or because it's dumped in my lap with the murder of the gardener? Or that I'm given 24 hours to break the case and then get a tip that leads me to a friend who decides to play games and wreck my side to be on repair? Now, why should I be upset? 
Oh, this, uh, here you are, Lieutenant. But take it easy. That's a second bottle of bicarb today. Walt, you rate an apology and I make it. I'll do better than that. I'll help you if you'll let me. Well, I can sure use your help, Rick. I haven't got a single lead. You want to look at the corpse first? May as well. Has he got a record? No. And the commissioner swears he was honest. Probably stumbled onto the thieves and they had to put him away. How about the rest of the servants? They were all out. The commissioner and his wife were at a party. They'd given the entire staff the night off, but... I guess perhaps the gardener returned a little early. Yeah, well, let's go down and take a look at him. I've got a personal interest that makes me want to crack this case. Uh, client? Call him an ex-client. I'll explain him later. Come on. Uh, here he is, Rick. Mm, nicely cut. How was it made? Well, it... Could have been a sharp knife, but it's a safer bet that it was a razor. Mm, remind me not to go to his barber. What safe cracker's got enough nerve to pull his job off? Well, I got three guys that could fit the job, but not one of them has ever been known to carry a weapon of any sort, much less a razor. Correction. One dealer, that gardener's playing a lousy joke on us. I suppose this could have been the first time one of them carried a razor. I don't buy that, neither do you. Give me the names. I want to talk to them. Maybe I can get a lead of some sort. Sure. Here they are. And please, Rick, call me if you get anything. If I can find a nickel. Bye. As far as I could see, I had three things to match up. One, the careless barber. Two, the safecracker with nerve enough to rob the police commissioner. And three, the reason why I was picked as the pigeon. I gave up the idea of hunting for Burden, the guy who came into my office... He was probably a flunky and not worth running down. So I checked the names I got from Walt, grabbed a cab, and headed for the Bronx. The first turned out to be an ex-con trying to go straight by working in a Bronx hash house. The second was likely, but he'd kissed his wife with a beer bottle and spent last night in jail. At the third address, down in Greenwich Village, I met a landlady with gin-loaded tonsils and a cute mustache. She tipped me that my third prospect, Vincent Mayer, might be playing pinochle at Pietro's which turned out to be a cafe with a 30-foot bar, three tables, and a back room. Hey, uh, barkeep. Yeah? What'd it be, friend? Milk. No chaser. Milk? Who makes it? Oh, you mean like from cows. Never carried the stuff. Where can I find Vince Mayer? Why don't you ask me, handsome? Wow. Hello, baby. Now, do I look like a baby? Uh, no. My name's Jean. What do they call you? Take your pick. Call me Rick. Hey, you talk funny, but you're awful nice. Too nice to be hunting for Vince Mayer. He's a bad boy, Rick. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to be a hero. Where is he? In the back room. There. The guy with the light hair. But be careful. Thanks, baby. I'll buy you a palace. Eighty mil, Joe. Twenty clubs, twenty spades, and forty pinochle. What? No diamonds? Hey. Uh, well, 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 look who's here. What do you want, Shamus? Vince the Iceman, isn't it? Well, now, let's see. Sing Sing, class of 38. Where's your school tie, Vince? The name is Mr. Mayor to you, Diamond, and privates are not welcome here. It's a closed game. Yeah, move on. Give me a reason. You want to play dead? Oh, come on, Vince. You're not going to get upset just because I think you robbed the commissioner? You did, didn't you? I told my story to the cops. I'll bet. You didn't answer my question. And here's another. Who's your barber? You're asking for it, Diamond. I was brought up right. Now, let's get off this cat and mouse kick. I want some answers, Vince. Do you? That's right, Junior, I do. All right. Call him, Joe. Hey, what? what? All right, Joe. Stop it, stop it. That's enough, Joe. All right, now drag him out in the alley. Uh, Vince, uh, can I... Uh... Yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe it'll teach him not to get so nosy. But keep that razor in your pocket. I will, honest. This is going to be real fun. Come on, Shamus. Here's where I do some road work on your liver. <laughs> Here, Mr. Diamond. I only wish my brother could see you. When I came to, I was curled up around a round metal object I couldn't see and I felt as if I was smothered in a mountain of cotton and getting out of it was like trying to shovel sand with a pitchfork. I finally managed to move and wished I hadn't. 
for a company of Bengal lancers began target practice in my side. So I quit trying and lay still for a long moment. Then a voice came fizzing through the cotton at me. Hey, mister, are you alive? Not if I'm not. You're an angel, and this is a harp. Well, I'm sure no angel. And that's the garbage can. So I guess you're not dead. Matter for debate, Jeannie. Oh, help me up, will you? Sure. Here. <sighs> uh, can, can you stand? Practically anything after this. Ooh. Hey, you hurt pretty bad. Come on, lean on me. My place isn't far. I'll take you there so you can lie down. Best offer I've had today. Lead on, angel. <laughs> Now, how do you feel? Uh, I never use language like that in front of a lady. Oh, I'm no lady. I'm a waitress at Pietro's. I heard the noise in the back room. When you didn't come out, I took a look. Ooh. Gee, does your head hurt, baby? Like all my relatives who are inside digging for gold, with luck I can open my eyes and they won't fall out. You know, we might have had a lot of fun together if you weren't all banged up like this. I'll take that remark up with you later, honey. I'm not usually the kind of guy who runs out on pretty girls, but I only wanted to get my hands on the gunner who tried to kick my brains out. So I took Jean's number, filed it under, uh, uh, for later investigation, and stumbled out into the street. My head was clearing, but it was as slow about it as a dummy doing a strip tease. Maybe that's why I didn't notice when I came out of the house that I had two guys for company. Hello, Diamond. Huh? Huh? And Pietro told me Jane had run out. I thought I might find you here. She always goes for guys like you. Well, she has taste. I'm glad you came around. I have a few things I want to discuss with you and Joe here. Uh, hold it, Chalmers. Or I'll show you how easy it is to get rid of your troubles. Now, now, that's a pretty little gun. Aren't you stepping out of character, Vince? You're supposed to be a smart one. You're getting on my nerves. Yeah? Well, put the gun away and I'll quiet you down a little. You want me to mess him up again, Vince? And what's with you? Come to do your job over again? I may at that. Yeah? Well, you got 32 teeth, Sonny. Want to try for none? Why, you... I got some questions I'd still like to have answered. Why was I picked as pigeon? Why me? You're getting a little too smart, Diamond. Now, listen. I know you got wise to Burton, so it figures that you still got the package. Now, I got no reasons to give you $10,000 worth of diamonds. I want them back. Oh, dandy. I've got big news for you, Buster. You're not going to get them. Don't make any mistakes, Diamond. I'll use this gun if I have to. Ah, go eat a tombstone, Joe. Yeah, how's your stomach ache? Oh. Wait a minute, Joe. Now, Diamond, look, you can have a choice. You bring the rocks to me at Pietro's in an hour and we'll forget the whole thing. Or don't. And I'll send Joe with a few friends to call on you. And for the last time... For a few sick minutes, I leaned against the wall, wondering if I wanted to live. One thing I was certain of was that Vince Mayer was never going to get those diamonds back. Or was he? An idea began to percolate in my head to the tune of an old rhyme about a goose and a gander. And I got inspired enough to sit up and forget my aching ribs. When it simmered into a full-scale boil, I grabbed a cab, went back to my office, and got the diamonds out of the milk bottle where I'd hidden them. Then I headed for the village fast. I was soon banging on a door there like a drummer playing Bob. So I owe you money. Hold your horses. Well, if it ain't my cripple. I got the bruises to prove it. Come on in. Are you really recovered? What? Oh, no, not that much, Angel. Vince? I need some answers. What do you know about Vince and Joe? Not too much. Enough to dislike him plenty. That Vince got me canned for leaving Pietro's to take care of you. That's why I'm back home. I know he's a smoothie, and he, I think he's a big-time jewel thief. Now, that much I know. How about Joe, the dog-faced boy? Ah, oh, him, he's just a punk. I, I think his real name is Fanchi or uh, Fanchetti. Franchetti or some such thing. Franchetti? Yeah. I don't know why, but they call him Joe the Barber. Oh, Joe the Barber. Yeah. Isn't that silly? Mm. He cuts hair, it doesn't. But I'll lay eight to one. This guy works on throats. Thanks, Angel. You've tied up my three points. What are you talking about? Your friend Vince Mayer lifted 50 grand in ice from the police commissioner last night, and his accomplice, Joe, gave the gardener a shave. You, you mean murder? On the button. The gardener's throat was sliced from life to death. And now, baby, look. 
How would you like to earn $100? Sure. Is it legal? Well, uh, no. I'll take it. Now, where is he? Will you tell me? Where's Rick? I know where I'd like him to be. I'm worried, Otis. Seriously. Rick is in this thing up to his ears. You mean he was in on that job? Don't be stupid, Otis. Of course not. Rick's no crook. But he's mixed up in this case somewhere, and I'm worried. He should have called me by now. Gee, hope he hasn't tangled with that razor guy. I thought you hated Rick. Oh, you know I was just talking. I know, I know. What a mess. Rick in danger, and I can't find him. The commissioner's spouting lava all over the city hall. Why the devil did it have to be the commissioner's house? You know, it's kind of funny at that. The commissioner himself. <laughs> you knucklehead. For two cents, I'd... Maybe that's him. Lieutenant Levinson, homicide. Walt, Rick. Rick, I was... Where the devil have you been? Taking care of some arrangements. Arrangements? Never mind, just listen. I was picked as a pigeon, and some of those diamonds were planted on me this morning. What? I've traced your hoods. They're Vince Mayer and Joe the Barber Franchetti. Now, you come to Pietro's in half an hour, and you'll catch him with part of the diamonds on him. Rick, what is this? Well, Vince had it figured as a double-barrel gag, Walt. First on the cops by raiding the commissioner's house... Second, by dumping a few of the rocks in my lap and tipping the police so I take the rap. But why you, Rick? Well, Joel's name, Franchetti. You remember, I sent his brother Tony to Sing Sing a few years back. Oh. I knew he had a brother, but until now, Joel stayed out of Manhattan. I get it. Okay, what's the play? Well, I'm, I'm going to take the package back to Vince. Give it to him in Pietro's. A girlfriend will be raising so much fuss and no one will notice me. Then as Vince and Joel leave, you nail him with the diamonds. And no alibi for having him. Right. You said uh, half an hour? In front of Pietro's. Take a peek, Angel, through the window. There's my party at the back table. Now, you know what to do. Yeah. I keep yelling till you get back to me. Right? As rain. I'll make it a good one. I got good lungs. Let's go in. Okay, over to the bar. Lock, Rick. There he is now, Joe. I told you he'd show him. Hello, Diamond. You got something for me? That's right, Vince. Okay, let's have it. Hey, I didn't do nothing. Hey, what's going on over there? Some stupid dame. Yeah, do you want the package or not? Oh, yeah, give it to me. Come on, Joe. Let's scram out of here before that dame brings her cops. Yeah. That's an easy way of getting back to ten grand, ain't it, Vince? Shut up. Come on. Take it easy now. Okay, okay. Uh, we're okay now. Let's split up. Hold it, Vince. What? Let's have a look at the package. Uh, the cops! Levinson, what are you doing? The uh, package, Vince. Hey, what are we going to do? Shut up. You, uh... Got a warrant, of course. Of course. Otis, take the package. Yeah, Lieutenant. <laughs> you can't arrest me. I don't even know what's in that package. It was given to me by a friend. Now, don't use the term so loosely, Vince. Why, Walt, what are you doing here? Hello, Rick. I've captured a criminal. No. Yes, and he was carrying a package of his loot. Why, I bet it's part of that diamond robbery. Hey, what is all this? Diamond, you just planted that package on me. Me? Why, stranger, you're telling a fib. You just know that's downright immoral to something. Uh, this is ridiculous. Lieutenant, he gave me those diamonds and Pietro's not five minutes ago. I didn't lift them from the commissioner. Didn't you, Vince? Why, then I must have made a mistake. You can prove your story, of course. Sure I can. Bartender saw diamonds slipping the package. Oh, now, Vince, you think that bartender was going to be watching you when a lovely girl is practically tearing up the joint? Boss, the dame yelling. She was a plant. Yeah, but this is a frame-up. Diamond, you can't get away with this. Please, don't talk to me. I never associate with common criminals. A frame? You dirty double-crossing copper. Look out, Rick. He's got a razor. Mm. Oh, my arm. Now, don't cry, Joe. This is for you. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. What a punch you got, Shamus. Well, that does it. Come on, Vince. Otis, load that killer into the car and pick up that razor. Yellow to Want a lift, Rick? Yeah, no thanks, Walt. I'm going to go home freshen up. Yeah, you look like you could use it. Hmm. I left Walt and headed for my apartment where I grabbed a stomach full of vitamins and planted myself under the hot shower. It felt so good I fell asleep. And if Walt hadn't phoned, I'd have probably become the only man in history to drown in the shower. 
vault shocked me wide awake with the news that he was holding a $1,000 reward for me. I gave him my nicest thank you and made a mental note to drop by and give half of it to Jean to make up for her losing her job. Around about 8 o'clock, after I'd taken care of dividing the reward, I steered for 975 Park Avenue, made it with no trouble, and rang the bell to Helen's apartment. Oh, good evening, Mr. Diamond. Miss Asher's expecting you, sir. She's in the library. Thank you, Francis. Uh, how's your health? Oh, my, my health, sir. It's very good, thank you. Well, now, this may come as a shock, but, uh, Francis, uh, about the money I owe you... Oh, don't fret about it, sir. It will tell... I'm going to pay you what I owe you. You're going to... Oh, dear. Oh, perhaps I better sit down. Oh, my word. Now, there, there, Francis. Rick, darling, is that you? It ain't Tom Swift, baby. Come on in the library. Well, okay. But it'll do you no good, my dove. I'm a cripple, a battle-torn veteran. I don't want your muscles, Rick. I'm blue, and I want you to sing to me. Oh, Helen, baby, I don't want to sing. I want to... Rick, I'm blue. I need cheering up, not be nice and sing. Well, okay, honey. Uh, How's this, huh? I can see... No matter how near you'll be, you'll never belong to me. But I can dream, can't I? Can't I pretend that I'm locked in the bed of your embrace? For dreams are just like wine. And I am drunk with mine. I'm aware my heart is a sad affair. There's much disillusion there, but I can dream, can't I? Feeling blue, baby? Oh, Ricky, come here. Ah, here I am. Oh, now I'm contented. You in my arms, my bills paid off, and and my bills. Oh, for Pete's sake, I forgot Francis. Francis? Rick, what are you talking uh, about? C- come with me, I'll show you. Now, there he is. Francis, Francis, you all right? Oh, oh yes, sir. I think so, sir. Rick, will you tell me what's going on in my own home? Well, honey, I paid Francis off, and the shock of having to give back my gun and badge undid him. Oh, well, are you feeling better, Francis? Uh, not very much, Miss Asher. It's that badge and license. Will you miss him that much, Francis? Uh, well, sir, to be very honest, there's a waitress in a tea shop down the street with whom I've been, uh, if you pardon the expression, having a fling. Francis, uh, you? Oh, that's not the worst, Miss Asher. I'm afraid I've been a bit of a fraud with her as well. In fact, with several of the waitresses there. Now, wait, wait. Uh, where does my badge and license enter into it? Did you hock them for crumpets? Oh, much worse, Mr. Diamond. You see, to all the waitresses of Miss Tuppingham's tea shop, I am Richard Diamond, oh. private detective. Oh, You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Gene Tatum, William Conrad, Tal Avery, and Bob Carroll. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. 
Tonight's story was written by Herb Purdom and edited and directed by Blake Edwards. See the Richard Diamond picture story in the December issue of Movie Stars Parade. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.